Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Brad, we have some some quick hitters before we get into our main topic with the success Alabama has had on the recruiting trail since the last time we, we recorded. But first, Alabama and Ohio State have scheduled a home-and-home home series in 2027 and 2028. What are the chances the entire country is still complaining about Alabama's schedule by then? Do we recognize a number that's a percentage above a hundred or, <laughs> or what? Oh, it's a hundred percent for sure. Yeah, no, without a doubt that that will never die. It, it is. Yeah. It just, doesn't matter yeah. what they do. Yep. But I, I read, a, I, I read a lot of replies <laughs> to various posts announcing that series. And I have already seen with my own eyeballs, people complaining that those two games <laughs> are early in the season instead of late. I swear to God. Yep. Uh, I mean, if it would have been late in the season, they would then say, oh, well, watch Alabama cancel, you know, and then schedule the Citadel. (laughs) So so many college football fans have this weird infatuation with wanting Southern, or I guess SEC teams, to travel travel. north late in the season. Or west of the Mississippi, yeah. Yeah. Well, west of Dallas, I guess. Because I guess misery loves company. I I don't know. Like, Sorry, nobody wants to visit frozen tundras for yeah, fun. You're, you're, it doesn't matter where those conference refs are. They're still just as terrible, like yeah. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our apologies for enjoying happiness, I guess. I don't know. But uh, even though the complaints are inevitable, no matter what Greg Byrne does with the schedule, have you seen their upcoming, their out-of-conference opponents like laid out for the coming years? It almost looks like a top twenty-five list of all-time programs. Yeah, it is. It's wild, man. Like just a quick rundown. All right, they have neutral site games with USC and Miami this year and next. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Then home and homes with each of these teams: Texas, Wisconsin, Florida State, West Virginia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Oklahoma, Arizona, and Virginia Tech. So they play each of those teams twice. And there's also a two-for-one with USF in there as well, just for good measure, I guess. Yeah. Honest to God, I literally hear a team I forgot every single time you could read that list. That's (laughs) how incredible this has become. And I would love to put this on paper against any other school right now, starting this year in the next 15 years, like you just listed. It's actually probably 12 years. It's it's 13, to be exact. 13, there you go. So find me anything that comps close to that. It's Hell, not, even yeah. half of that. No. Maybe Georgia, maybe Ohio State or Wisconsin, but that's about it. I would I, look. I haven't seen everybody's schedule, but I would venture to say there is nothing comparable to that out there right now. No, not even close. And and a lot of those games overlap in the same season. So like in, in 2028, they play at Notre Dame, and then at home against Ohio State in back to back weeks. Yeah, just think about that. This is not the playoff. Yeah. It's just like, what more could any one school possibly do as far as scheduling goes? Who's more likely to be the head coach in that first game, Nick uh, Saban or Brian Kelly? I swear that was the next thing that I was about to ask. Really? You. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Great minds, dude. I was going to say, I'm going to put you on the spot going back to the Ohio State series. You know tw- me too well. 2027-2028, <laughs> that puts Nick Saban at 75 and 76 years old during those years. No, zero percent chance Nick Saban's there. Uh, okay, one. I'll say one percent. Who's coaching Alabama those two games? You already know. Do I? As, 
You already well. What I'm going to answer? You're you're asking me the question. Yes, you you know I've been one of the more front runners of the last few years that even mentioned Jeremy Pruitt for anything other than to go to hell. Um, I mean, look, I think right now until it is absolutely out the window, it's Jeremy Pruitt. Although Dabo may try to self implode enough to where he can come back to rehab over here in Tuscaloosa. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. I'm good on but that. But my my guess is as sure as I am that Nick Saban would not be coaching that matchup on the 2027, right? Yeah. The first one? Yep. Is I'm as sure of that, that it would be Jeremy Pruitt well before Dabo, you know, coaching that game. I'm going Mario Cristobal. I'm going to tell you what, though. If you would ask me more who I would rather have, without question, I don't care what happens any time down the road. Yeah. It would be Mario Cristobal, well over Jeremy Pruitt, because for the same reasons the last three years I've said JP and why I could see that happening, I feel that way even more confidently with Mario Cristobal in terms of overall development. He has the same ability to recruit, maybe even a little bit better. Oh, it's better. Mario Cristobal is an animal on the recruiting track. I mean, it's wild. He's, he's bringing in classes that Oregon has not seen ever, period. To me, if we had not had Lane Kiffin and that great persona he brought, I feel like Mario would get more of that spotlight for what he did and who he was. I feel like he still does not get enough for his time. You know what's wild to me, too? I think Mario Cristobal is a better head coach than he is position coach. Uh, you know what? <laughs> let's, see how, let's see what happens this year. Because after this year, assuming it happens, I'll, I'll make a determination, but he's a damn good offensive line coach. Absolute developer. Yeah, and the only reason that I say Cristobal is that, like, right now he's more proven than Jeremy Pruitt. Like, the, the verdict, or the, it's, like, the jury's still out on Jeremy Pruitt right now. It's really not on Cristobal. Like, Cristobal has proven himself to be a good head coach that can recruit well, uh, makes good hires, and, and can run a program. The only way the jury leaves the room on Cristobal would be this year – if it goes no problems this year, he would implode. I just don't and, see it. I don't see it. Yeah, not, yeah exactly. Yeah. But all right. Anyways, moving on. We'll make this quick. The player reaction, Brad, from the new strength staff <laughs> has been more than we could have ever hoped for. And this is not sour grapes by any means because Scott, Scott Cochran played really such a big role in Alabama's success over the years. Nobody can, can debate that. But the reaction both uh, Dr. Ray and David Ballou have gotten publicly from so many current players. That just strengthens my thought that it was it was time. It was time for change. It was beyond. And honestly, you know, going back to before Gus Malzahn was brought back to Auburn, there was a good chance he would have went with Kirby there had they hired Kirby. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with Kirby to Ole Miss if that would have happened a couple of years ago. Um, but look, in my opinion, it's just yet another example of, of something Saban is in the forefront of everyone else of doing and evolving in because he found his weakness yet again. No different than going all the way back to the spread coming, you know, full on and having six, five, three fifty pound, you know, defensive tackle alignments. He got ahead of the problem after he recognized it or was exposed to it and watch what happens with strength and conditioning over the next two to three years and the analytic analytical side of it that these guys bring. Yeah, from what we understand, these two are taking a scientific, like a data-driven approach with every individual and, and kind of tailoring a program to that specific player. 
look how mad the national media got when they found out we gave them Apple products to take home to be able to make <laughs> sure they're doing the things they should do. But no one got yeah. pissed when Butch Jones had blue what was it? Blue screen monitors uh, for phone screens, you know, to make sure they're not on their phones at night in their dorms, not sleeping. Like, it's always you got to find something. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, but everything yeah. becomes an algorithm these days. Moving forward, everything is data driven. It's all about data mining, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, and it has been such a big hit, not only with current players but recruits as well. They've they've been making their pitch through Zoom calls. And it seems like a lot of prospects are really impressed and really buying into everything that these guys have to say. No, I, I love it. And we continue to not hear about any negative things involving any body parts or things like that. So the <laughs> yeah, longer knock on that wood. happens, yes, the better we will be. Yeah, as long as, as over half the roster is healthy, it's an improvement. So Even just half a position group. How about that one? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, if we if – we, can run linebackers out on the field at all then it's a win but like christian leary uh, alabama's latest commitment who we'll get to shortly the first tweet he sent after his commitment was a message to dr ray which is not something not something you really ever see right exactly and that's what i was gonna say is he's been sitting on that yeah so, so like all signs are pointing are pointing towards this really being a home run for alabama the scramble is not how to deal with having fans in your stadium this fall. The scramble is on to figure out how you get your strength and conditioning to match or follow what has now been set as the precedent. Yeah. So I uh, look really excited to see what, what the future holds with those two, but Brad uh, Saban and staff have really started to hit their stride. Some on the recruiting trail in the past week or so, it's funny because we, how long ago was it that we oh, dude, recorded I'm that episode? Waiting, I'm like, <laughs> they're doing what now? I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't it, hear like, you. <laughs> it, it seems like what two episodes we were questioning like, Hey, what's up, man? They, they well, like, they have one, <laughs> one commitment. I acknowledge the question. I'm just saying, I yeah. mean, one of us was pretty much not worried, but yeah, you were not worried at all. I was like slightly, but that's why we have an equal balance. Okay? Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Look, in the past week or so, they've secured commitments from both J.C. Latham and Christian Leary. J.C. Latham, Brad, is a five-star. That's a freaking dude, boy. Yes. He is the top-ranked offensive tackle in the country on 24-7 sports rankings. 6'6", 305, athletic, offers from every school you can think of. He's the third overall player in the country with a legitimate chance to move up as the number one overall a recruit. freaking tackle. Yeah. According like, to according to a lot of analysts on that website, so that uh, Brad, if that wasn't enough too, oh my god, he also plays at IMG Academy. I, I know, like that's just the icing, but dude, that is just what it's all about, right there. That is just the epitome of some grown man football. And to think too, like let's talk Evan Neal. Blessed are thee who have two Evan Neals because that's what it will be. <laughs> and look what happened with Evan Neal within sixty days of Scott Cochran not yeah. counting our current new staff. I mean, it's just incredible. It, dude, that, the one thing, and we've said it so many times, and so many people have said it over the decade, but you will never have a problem when it comes inside the trenches at Alabama, but somehow they continue to raise the standard. Yeah, it's kind of funny you brought up Evan Neal, too, because that's going to be an interesting case uh, when it comes yeah. to the strength staff. Because, I mean, that's a big... I mean, that's a giant well, hell, he guy. lost he lost 20 something pounds within the first couple months he was on yeah, campus yeah 
So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if they try to reshape his body any or anything. I don't know. That just kind of popped in my head. Uh, when you oh yeah, out, but no, I, and I'm looking forward to that rotation too because there is plenty, plenty of different ways that you could factor this rotation in. You yeah. know, yeah. So IMG Academy, there's a couple guys on that roster uh, Alabama wants. So we'll see if if JC Latham has any influence there. The most recent commitment came from wide receiver Christian Leary. He's in the top 130 on every service. He's 126th on the composite. Brad, he's very possibly the fastest receiver in the 2021 cycle. He posted a 10.5 in the 100 meter. So just to give no. you an idea of his no. speed, no. <laughs> Henry Ruggs set the Alabama state record a few years ago with mm-hmm. a 10.58. Love it. And if you don't know of this commitment, I bet you can still guess where he's from. <laughs> yeah, he's from Florida. Alabama now has... All three of their receiver commitments are all from from Florida. Three of the top four receivers in the state of Florida all go in Alabama. It's going to be incredible. Like the Florida High School Hall of Fame is going to have the wide receiver section. It might as well just be the damn rosters from Alabama. It's, it's It's insane. You look at that connection there and how consistent it is, not only as a recruiting hotbed, but also developing and paying off. Uh, let me ask you if you believe this. Oh, Lord. Uh, Christian Leary claims to have that 10.5 100 down to 10.18. Usain, uh, Usain Bolt, all right, just listen. Usain Bolt's 100 was 9.58. So if that's true, you're talking about 0.6 seconds off the world record. I don't, yeah, I, and he I, just shaved that, according to his claim, off of his previous time. Yeah. 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 I, I hope he's. I'm right. gonna put it to you this way. I think he has the same stopwatch operator as that TCU <laughs> linebacker that ran a four two. So, <laughs> I hope he's. I hope he's telling the truth. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying that. No. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's line he and Waddle up, and let's see what happens. Yeah, that would be ten point one eight. Would be like, dude, that's screaming blowing Jalen Waddle or that's Henry Ruggs. Yards, yeah, that's nine point nine or eight yards per second. Yeah, like th- that would be like significantly faster than either Henry Ruggs and I'm or here for it. I hope it's there. Like, oh, seriously, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I would also expect Larry to get a rankings bump as the cycle goes on. There's always like the the one receiver most every class that's just really just simply faster than everyone else. And that's usually the case with that prospect. They always get that bump. You saw it uh, with, with Ari- Arian too. Smith, Arian Smith for Georgia last cycle. So I would not expect Christian Larry to stay in the one twenties. No, not at all. I think he'll be a top 75 player before it's all said and done. Yeah. And his film matches it. I, he's not just a speed guy. He can, no, he's a great possession. Yeah. Uh, but overall, Alabama is putting together the exact wide receiver class they needed with both Devontae Smith and most likely Jalen Waddle departing after the season. This receiver class is special. Uh, Ja'Cory I mean, Brooks. Yeah. yeah. It's two years ago all over again. Yeah. Ja'Cory Brooks, five-star, top one or top 30 nationally, uh, second-ranked overall wide receiver in the country. A.J. Hall is in the top 70 with a chance to make a significant jump up the rankings if he proves himself off the field. He, he's played at several different high schools. He's had some issues uh, at a couple of places, and that's kind of played played into his rankings drop, which he, he's still in the top 70 players in the country. Uh, and then there's Christian Leary, who's possibly the fastest wide out in the nation. And, and they're still taking a fourth to finish the class. That's awesome. 
I mean, it's absolutely awesome. And you brought up like it's it's three years all over again. Yeah, I know. I, I said two at first, but my yeah. God, time flies just uh, like him. <laughs> I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of people say that, and I I'm not like I'm not dissing you or anything. I wish people would stop doing that. No, call me out. Somebody to, needs to I, other than in the comments. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like. I wish people would stop comparing this class to a class with Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Devontae Smith. I hate it every time I see it. I feel like if it ke- like it's going to keep building, especially when they add the fourth receiver to the class, and their options right now are, are really good for that fourth spot, that it's, that it's unfair. It's unfair to this group to expect them to match what those three did. It's, it's going to be impossible. That... Yeah, but and that would be all fun and games and fine and dandy about five years ago. Yeah. But with the society we live in, oh, hell no. You already know, especially if you look at the involvement of Waddle coming in yeah. as the fifth, as a freshman. You know, it, it's – I don't know. When you can't even find a spot for him consistently other than on special teams, you're going to look at this group. You're going to look at what's coming out this year and what's there for next season playing time. Yeah, and you're gonna just you see that potential to do that. I mean, it's no different than what we've done after the 2011, 2012 offensive line group. We get the 2014's recruiting class. You know, we start looking at that. It's like, holy crap, this is awesome. You know, defensive line, linebackers, safeties, everything. We've had those different moments yeah. where we've done that, and the probably the biggest thing that I take away from it is it's lived up for the most part. Yeah, it really has. Every single recruiting class we've ever set such a high bar unfairly. It really has lived up. But my my thing with that group, like that, our top four this year, I think you could argue that that is the best group that has ever played in college football. And I'm not even like being a homer. Like I think that you could legitimately make that argument. I guess the argument comes down to is Greg McElroy right, that you take Jamie Newman over Mac Jones. <laughs> I saw down. that too, and I'm, I don't know. He just he tries too hard. As like, a ginger, I'm sick of him. <laughs> I'm sick of him. You voting him out at the next meeting, dude? Like he ain't even got a soul. Like let's let's no. Mm-mm. Turn yeah. turn somebody put open the shades. Like let's burn them. Let's get them out of here. Like, <laughs> but like I like I I just think and I hope I sincerely hope that I'm wrong. Uh, but it's going to be nearly impossible for any class to live up to that. And we should never expect like our expectations should be high. But I don't know if they should be that high. Like you're, you're talking about the two top two receivers taken in the draft, and a third that might have had the best season of all of them last year. Yeah, getting Devontae coming back, we still never talk about that enough. Yeah, you know, period. And then after he comes out this year, assumedly everything goes well, you know, it's going to be insane. He and Waddle coming out. You're going to have the first two receivers again potentially. Yeah, uh, I, yeah um, I'm not trying to harp or anything, but I'm just saying like let no, these. I get it. Let but these guys be their own great class. Here's your problem. You have the next quarterback that's going to be hyped just as much as Tua, uh, if not more, yeah. with the wide receiver group that's going to be hyped, if not more, than the other group. Yeah, that's but true. But that's yeah. what has happened. Think back. 2009's class, 2011. It's all consistently been the next step forward yeah. of hype, and it's lived up. Yeah, and it, it's, it's going to arguably be the best receiver class in the country, and that, that should stand on its own, I think. I, uh Oregon and maybe LSU will have a chance to match Alabama's at that position at this point. But before any of them actually produce anything, 
I don't know. I just feel like it's unfair to them to throw those comparisons or those it, expectations it, it, away. It is, but at the same time, you can't get happy about any recruit potential than, you know, using that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's true. I'm, I'm just, not negative Nancy. I'm just saying, like, we at least have a track record of that hype living up, and I hope to hell I'm not, you know, jinxing this one. No, so. I mean, I think if anybody's being negative, it's probably, it's me. But, okay, yeah. well, you know, the good thing is you thought we weren't recruiting well, and we started. <laughs> you think true. this class isn't going to do well, so they're probably going to do incredible. Uh, that's true. No, I, no, I, th- I mean, I, I, I'm so, so excited about this wide receiver class. I really am. But I just think just the comparing it to, to Judy no, and dude, Rose, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I agree just, with you. Uh, that's, I do have that's logic. A, it's a lot. It's, just, it's, it's veiled in sarcasm. So. Yeah. But, look, after these two commitments – Alabama is 24th in the nation in recruiting with only eight total commitments. They have the second highest star average in the country behind only Ohio State. So they have less commitments than every school ahead of them, and in most cases a lot less. Uh, but we, we've kind of talked about like the pending doom coming <laughs> for recruiting <laughs> once kids can take visits and, and how there's going to be a record number of decommitments once that happens. But if the current class holds – they now, in my opinion, have set themselves up to make a run for the top overall spot in the nation once again. I know. It's crazy. It's, it's who would have ever thought two years ago, who would have ever thought? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but seriously, though, as much as we want to give, let's say, Mario Cristobal or Jeremy Pruitt, more Mario, but that national credit in recruiting. Yeah. I do not, and I hate to even do this, but I do not think Ryan Day gets enough credit. He is killing it. I mean, he... It's it's so quiet, too. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like, he... So, okay, admittedly, as it sits right now, Ohio State is going to be tough to pass. They Like, they have that class, like we talked about Clemson's last cycle, where mm-hmm. everyone knew early that, that that's going to be tough to pass up for that, mm-hmm. that top spot. But, I mean, a, a lot of time left and a lot of uh, uncertainty as well. But, yeah, Ryan Day is knocking it out of the park. And I would not have predicted this when he first the, – the first cycle that he recruited in because he struggled. He struggled yeah. that first cycle. And it was not your typical Ohio State class. But, man, he is – I'm going to tell you – It's why It goes without saying. I know Clemson's the focus with Trevor and his final potential, potential final year. Yeah. And Alabama and everything we have – I get it. I just feel like there's something special there if they can get Justin Fields on a consistent basis to stay healthy for this year. Don't don't be shocked at all. They make a run. They're good for a bad loss. That's the only thing we can count on. But but I don't know. That might be an urban thing though. Is it though? I, I mean I don't know. Like I'll be yeah, honest. Jim right? Tressel would trip up on his up. <laughs> you know, he he would trip over his damn vest. Like, but he did, he did it. Like he lost the big games. You know what I mean? Urban <sighs> lost to like eighty white dudes from Iowa by thirty oh. points every year randomly. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. To me, I think this sets such a an urban type precedence with Ryan Day, given the society we live in now, versus when Urban was at. You know, Utah, you know, and actually Bowling Green before he went to Utah. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this could shape his entire foundation of his legacy if he has the type of year that I feel like he can. Yeah, because if you watch Ohio State last year, I get they lost Chase, I get they lost their running back, I get they lost a couple people. This team is 100% shaped up to be evolved around the offense 
and they have a hell of a running back replacing J.K. Dobbins this year too. And this, I don't know. I've, this might this might come back to bite me, and this might be a hilariously dumb comment, but I'm not sure that in the end, Ohio State didn't upgrade. Yeah, which I know how I, I wild that you. sounds like. I know how no, successful no, no. Urban was. My initial reaction to that would be because I feel like, no pun intended, seriously, uh, Urban's heart was just not in it. <laughs> okay. No, I'm serious. For once in my life, I will admit I'm not trying to make okay, that joke. Okay. Yeah. I mean, no, I really it, it really like wasn't. He, was, he was kind of out of it. Yeah. We'll but see. I'm going to tell you, we'll if see. I'm going to say it, it's Wisconsin. Watch out. That's that prime team to trip them up. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, you Anyways. brought you brought up uh, Jeremy Pruitt too. Tennessee got an early taste of that doom today. I, I know, oh, really? Yeah, I know. A couple we, weeks ago, yeah, we mentioned them maybe being that one team that could lose the most once visits start mm-hmm. and once like decommitment season is upon us. One of their four star DBs decommitted and committed to Florida for get this, and I am not joking. The third time, Kamar okay. Wilcoxon has been committed to Florida three separate times now and it's still june that's crazy how many times the winds changed like <laughs> we should just have like a kamar wilcoxon tracker <clears throat> but on, see on we've show. been doing this podcast long enough now to where roles have reversed though i'm gonna go on another tangent here okay roles have reversed dan mullen's first year you didn't have much high hopes i kind of felt like i was in the vast minority of the potential they could have now we go to this year, mm-hmm. and it's like, who the hell are they even talking about when they start saying this Florida hype? I've seen more hype this year for Florida yeah, as an SEC school not named Alabama or Georgia since when they first thought Tennessee or maybe Muschamp preseason could be something. Yeah, We're It's getting, a Michigan like, level to me. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, Dan Mullen cannot recruit. I know we're getting off the, the rails here, but... Dan Mullen is very possibly the worst recruiter at any major program that I've ever seen. Maybe well, maybe behind Derek Dooley. How do you sell somebody to come to your school when you yourself are sold on Scientology? Okay. <laughs> Pay me money and you are in. You, there's like, okay. a there's a reason that the Alabama has three of the top four receivers in that state, and the fourth one is also not committed to Florida. There's a reason why non-division one power five conference schools are the best in-state recruiters. Yeah. Like I, I, I get a lot of pleasure. Like when Alabama snags an out-of-state recruit that the, the home team was wanting, I get a whole lot of pleasure of like going to their message boards and, and reading like the fan meltdown. And man, Florida's Florida fans are, have finally accepted like Dan Mullen is who he is on the recruiting trail and it is never, ever going to change. But they are – I forgot how special of a breed they are. <laughs> I really, really did. And my UGA buddy Levi has told me for so long, you just don't get it. Just like I tell him about Auburn or Tennessee or LSU, he's like, dude, I promise you, you don't get it. It's been blind love from day one. And yeah. finally they're starting to see it. And I go, well, look, buddy, I'm not the one setting them up this year talking about they're going to beat Georgia, they're going to win the SCEs, because in my opinion, I don't see them as more than an eight- or nine-win team. I feel like they're going to trip up on this success. I feel like this is 2014 Mississippi State midseason all over again. Is that fair? No. Do I think it's going to happen? Yeah, until I'm proven otherwise, that's how Dan Mullen is. I think I think maybe I said this. I can't really remember. When we initially talked about it like back 
a long time ago. About three years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I thought that I knew Dan Mullen couldn't recruit, but I thought that he would get like that natural bump in recruiting mm-hmm. since he would be in Florida at Florida. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, he would just naturally get better players because of where he was. Mm-hmm. And and I guess you could say he kind of has, but not to not to the level that I thought. Like, he is he cannot even recruit his own state. And I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> He's a southern Missouri. Let's, let's just call it that. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Roll Bam Roll podcast. Roll Todd. <laughs>